as a former worship pastor and really, I guess, never really called away to that, but um, man, thank you, Andrew, so much for just leading us in worship and, and leading us in the word. We literally just sang the word and now we are preparing to receive the word in his scripture. And so thank you. And if I want to go and apologize publicly on stage, um, I did not call out Andrew last week as an elder and uh, I thought that was a given, but man, uh, Cody and Andrew are uh, one of my best friends and uh, it is a joy and an honor to be able to serve alongside them. So thank you all so much for, for doing that. This morning, if you have God's word, uh, if you would turn to Ephesians 4, we're going to read just a few verses and then dive right in this morning. Ephesians 4, starting in 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Let's pray this morning. Father, God, may we truly give you our all this morning. God, may we give you our bitterness. God, our our anger and our wrath. Father, may we truly seek forgiveness this morning and what that really looks like. God, I know that I have been struggling with this passage there have been things that have happened to me past couple of months, past week, Father, that I have been dealing with. And God, your word has been something that I have been wrestling with. And so this morning, as even now the words are in my head, God, help me. God, to, to, to rightly help someone else this morning. God, that is dealing with the same things that I have dealt with and are dealing with daily. Father, use this time in a mighty way. We ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. To your family, you may be seated. <clears throat> a couple of months ago, Cody shared a story about the slap heard around the world. I think that's how he entitled it. I'm not sure exactly. But it's where Will Smith went up to Chris Rock at the awards show after Chris Rock had made fun of his wife and, and absolutely, I mean, just slapped him. I mean, slapped him hard. It wasn't fake at all. But everyone was shocked when it happened. Like They, they, they thought this has got to be some publicity stunt, some, some kind of something that, that they're doing. Will Smith's coming out with a new movie or something. Something's got to be going on, right? And it turned out to be real. It turned out to be real. There was nothing fake about it. Well, this past week, uh, Will Smith has now come out and on social media to let everyone know how just how sorry and how apologetic he is and how he has reached out to Chris and apologized for his actions. And uh, he has said now that, that Chris um, has responded with, I'm not ready to forgive just yet. That is what Will Smith has said on social media. And you can check it out, the full uh, podcast there. But even as I share this story, maybe there are some, uh, some other things that are 
that happened after the show that we didn't really know about and, and uh, has really brought Chris to this decision of, of to not forgive. He's not willing to move on. Whether, whatever the case may be, Chris is just not ready to forgive. And so I believe in the same, same sense, right, I share this update of Will and Chris's forgiveness journey. We can look at our own lives and maybe past situations and broken relationships and find the same unforgiveness in us. We have all been hurt by words and, 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 uh, and actions of others. We have uh, hurt others by our own words and actions towards them. It's, I, I'm, I am guilty of that. And yet today, as we prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's Supper, we must seek forgiveness and forgive those who have hurt us in some way. Stay with me. Stay with me, okay? Please stay with me. So this morning, before we go any further, I want you to make a promise that during this sermon that you not look at anyone else as we go through these first few scriptures because it's easy. It's going to be easy. It's going to be easy to look down the row and to cut your eyes to that person that has hurt you in some way or for you to poke your spouse and ask them, are you listening, right? It's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. This, this message is not about them this morning. This message is directed straight to you and to me. This is about you. This is about me. I have been struggling with this passage for several weeks now, and I want to invite you to do the same for these next few minutes uh, and, and hopefully help bring you comfort and peace that only can be found in true forgiveness and then help you get back to where God wants you to be and how he wants you to live our life. If you've missed these past couple of weeks uh, in our elder series, you're in luck today because I'm basically going to go uh, have a synopsis of everything, not everything, but most everything that they've been talking about. So if you've missed, good luck, uh, or not good luck, you're in luck today because I'm going to go over and do a refresher of basically everything. So we're going to be here for like three hours. Uh, I hope you guys are ready. But I get to basically give a synopsis of what we've been going over. So as we dive into Scripture today, remember that it's not talking about someone else. This is talking directly to us as the body of Christ about how we are to live and what forgiveness really looks like. So let's dive in. Uh, Ephesians 4.31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slammer, slander be put away from you along with all malice. So right out of the gate here is an overview of what our elders have been preaching on. And, and the overarching theme of this verse is that all of these things cause division. Paul is warning us about these things that could break fellowship and destroy relationships between people and, more importantly, the church. It hurts the church's testimony to the world around us. If you don't believe that, turn on the TV, look at the social media. It's right there, black and white, right? Think about these things. Everyone in here has faced them at one time or another. The Bible calls us to put all these away and not to return to them. On the other hand, if we are facing these things right now in our lives, then, then most likely it's because of someone else's actions toward us, right? Think about bitterness. Bitterness is a great indication uh, that, that you need to forgive someone. 
right? If you're mad and, and you say that there is no way that I'm making it any better, right? That is bitterness and there needs to be, there is a need for resolve. If you're dealing with wrath or in other translations it says rage, there must be resolve in your life. It's causing division amongst, in, really in yourself and around those uh, people that are around you. If you're dealing with anger, anger, uh, 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 Tony uh, made uh, mention of this last week. Anger is not necessarily a sin. It's not really uh, a necessarily a sin, but it will lead to sin if you continue to allow that hatred to fester in your heart. This morning, there needs to be resolve in your life if you're dealing with that. Clamor, let me give you an easy definition of this. Really easy. If you are a Karen and are mad at the world about every little thing to where you make your voice, like your opinion, loudly for everyone to hear, right? That there needs to be resolved in your life. I'm just letting you know. I, I don't, I'm not saying there's anybody in here that's dealing with that. I'm just saying if in your head you're like, oh my gosh, I need to, never mind. There needs to be resolved, right? <laughs> Slander. If you are intentionally destroying someone else through gossip, lies, and rumors, you need to look at those relationships because there is conflict in that. And it must be dealt with. It must be dealt with. And, and finally, all malice, which means to intentionally bring harm or ill will towards someone. And I know what you're thinking to yourself, John. It has been a long time since I've hit anyone at Bridget's parking lot. Like, it's just a long time, right? Uh, by the way, Brett, where are you at? Brett, can you answer this for me? I know this is uh, this, we're going to have a little conversation afterwards, but why in the world did our school go from fighting to uh, fighting at the sod farms to Bridget's gravel parking lot? Any, any other White Plains people in here? Foot a footing. There you go. That a gravel somehow caused. I don't know. But think about it for a second. If, I mean, if you were to go down to the sod farms, you at least wouldn't have gravel in your face. Like I, I don't understand why we did that. But anyways, but but malice, right? We're we're talking about malice here. In case you were. There was a side conversation that I had with Brett. Thank you so much, Brett, for, for explaining that. But if you're from White Plains, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Heflin, I'm not really sure where you guys went to, but I'm sure it was lame. Um, but malice, right? But it, it goes past physical harm. It really does. It goes past physical harm, and it brings up so much more. Paul says that all forms of ill will towards someone needs to be done away with. That means in your heart as well. Right? Not just talking about physical harm. But we have all experienced these things in our life. And, and, and some, even this week, have experienced these things in your life. Are there relationships that have been broken for so long now due to these things? Ask yourself that question. Are there relationships in your life right now that, that have continued to be broken because of these things? I want you to think for a second. Just get that in your head. Because these are the relationships that God wants to resolve. I mean, not men, but resolve. Probably in your own heart. Hang with me, I promise. Right? Hang with me. <clears throat> if you have those relationships in your head now, continue with me in verse 32. Paul calls us to put all these divisive things away and then invites us to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. 
This morning, the first thing that I want you to see is forgive just as God forgave us. Forgive just as God forgave us. Before we talk about forgiveness, let's back up a little bit. Let's, let's, talk, let's, let's back up and talk about kindness. What does it mean to be kind to one another? See, kindness takes the initiative in responding to other people's needs. In our relationships, we are not called to be bitter, but to be kind to everyone, right? In being kind, we look at that person's needs uh, and, and to try to meet the, their need, whatever and is, whatever it is and whatever it is, like emotionally or spiritually or physically, right? That is our responsibility as Christians, to meet their needs, whatever that is. We try with everything that we have to give beneficially and benevolently to those people. We are to be kind and tender-hearted, right? To have sympathy and compassion for other people, especially to those who don't know Christ. We went to Boston this past week. I'm going to share another story about that later on. We went to Boston this past or a couple weeks ago, and uh, Anna Lee, I, I will confess in here, um, I have really, there's not a lot of sympathy I have for people uh, who are, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm wrong. I'm just, I just want you to know, I'm wrong. I have a hard time giving compassion to homeless that are on drugs or on, you know, shooting up right there and asking for, for food. It's, it's hard. We, we went, we, the train stop, that one of the train stops we were at, there were people doing that. There were needles, there were uh, rubber bands all over the place. And I had, I had, I didn't have sympathy for them. I, 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 I wanted to, and I used to, but I was much better, I guess, when I was younger. And Anna Lee, um, she had that. She had that compassion and that tenderheartedness that I did not have. And I, was, I, was, I just sat there and I was like, this girl is teaching me how to be more like Christ. And I can't. I struggle with that. I struggle with that, that being tenderhearted and, and, and kindness. And I know there are, we can talk about and have a debate of, of whatever that is and whatever that looks like, but it doesn't matter. I'm still supposed to be tenderhearted and have compassion for those who are in need. It's, that's God's. It's God's decision, whatever he does with it. Right? But really, we, we try with everything that we have to give beneficially and benevolently to those people around us. Why? Because God had so much compassion for us that he sent his son to atone for the sins of the world. This was an overwhelming, compassionate need. He saw the biggest need that sinners would ever have and felt sympathy for it and showed us kindness and met that need that we could not meet. Right? We must do the same. We must do the same. God forgave us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not that when we had cleaned up and stopped doing all the things that we want to do in high school and college or when the lying stopped or after the affair. Like, no, while we were still sinning, God forgave us and sent his son to die for you and for me. So therefore, we need to forgive. 
just as God forgave us. You're saying to yourself right now, and I can almost hear your thoughts, John, you don't understand. You don't know. You don't know what that person has done to me. Uh, they have hurt me. They have hurt my family so bad. I could never forget. I, and that is, is it right there. Forget. I could never forget if I wanted to. Forgetting? Wow, this, is, this, is, this was awesome to me when I found out. Forgetting? That is not what God is calling us to do. Forgetting? That is not what God is calling us to do. Regardless of what you have thought about, what forgiveness really looks like, let me help bring some peace to you, that, that, uh, peace to that conflict right now. Forgiveness does not mean you forget. Forgiveness does not mean you forget what that person has done to you. God does not forgive. John, you're saying you're speaking heresy right now. I'm telling you right now, no. No matter what you think of Jeremiah 31, 34, and in places where it's quoted in Hebrew where it says that God will remember our sins no more, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that he actually forgets uh, them as if the omniscient God had some way of not remembering what happens in the universe. That's not what he is referencing to. This, what he has said in those, those scriptures, it's a word picture. It says that he forgives us and does not hold them against us. We don't, we can't comprehend that because we're not God, right? He isn't going to bring them up and punish us for them, right? That's what that means. So forgiveness doesn't mean forget. Right? You, you see, forgiveness is not always forgetting what that person has done to you. And that should relieve you to know that you can forgive this morning. You can forgive. Just because, just because you remember what that person has done to you each time you see them does not mean that you have not forgiven them either. Right? Forgiveness does not mean that you cease longing for justice either. There's been things that have happened in this church that, to the people here, and it is hard, right? It is hard, right? And you, there is vengeance and there is, uh, there is wrath that you, that you want to, to take place in that relationship. Vengeance is, is not entirely a bad thing either. It's generally bad in the hands of sinful people. Know that vengeance is an attribute of God and he is better at vengeance than you and I will ever be and we are to leave it in his hands. All right? Forgiveness means that you decide to let God be the avenger when and if he chooses for what needs to be avenged. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that you make it easier for the offender to hurt you again. Just because you forgive doesn't mean you go back and you, you, you stay in that, that relationship that hurts, right? Love doesn't abide people in sinning, even in sinning against you. It doesn't mean that you have to go on and on, never, never walking away from that person hurting you. You are not to be a doormat for someone else's sin. You're not. Forgiveness is not something that you do just one time either. Good night, my wife forgives me on a daily basis. I'm just letting you know right now, right? But it's a continuous process, right? It's a, it's a continuous process that we do daily. Be kind to one another. 
tenderhearted and forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That is what God is calling us to do today. And forgiveness is so easy. And this, I got this from Cody. I can't, I can't take credit for this. Forgiveness is, is, is so easy until you have someone to forgive. But Christ calls us to forgive anyway, just as he has forgiven us. So this morning, before we partake of the Lord's Supper at the end of, this, end of our service, I'm going to do something different here, and I, I, I apologize. And I've already warned the nursery, so what I'm about to do, nursery, pay no attention. Um, but I would like for us to have a time of forgiveness. Because the only person that you are hurting right now and not forgiving is yourself. And it's time to forgive because forgiveness is letting others other people go others go free from your punishment of them when they have hurt or offended you that's what forgiveness is see i would like for andrew to come back up and lead us in a song real quick and and, um and as he's doing doing so i would i would like for you to think about that relationship that person or that sin that 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 god has placed on your mind right now that needs to be Forgiven, And I pray that we seek forgiveness from that sin and then, then we may not return to it and walk in that forgiveness from this day forward. Allow this time to prepare your hearts to partake in the Lord's Supper and then we will continue with the sermon. So as Andrew leads us, just in a, just in a verse and a chorus, I just want to take this time. Close your eyes, whatever you want to do. Come to the altar. Um, I'm going to seek, even today, forgiveness in my own life. And I'm going to prepare my heart to receive the Lord's Supper because God has forgiven me and I'm going to show that same forgiveness to those around me. Father, God, I pray that we have truly sought forgiveness this morning, just in those brief moments. God, thank you for your word and how it continuously changes us, God. God, helping us and God, bringing it into false thinking of what, God, you've really called us to do. been hurt inside for so long. God, may there be resolve this morning. God, may they be forgiveness. Not to go back to a, a, a harmful situation or a uh, anything like that, God. Not to continue to be a doormat. That's not what you've called us to, God. But you've called us to forgive. God, may we do that Father, we love you and thank you. Thank you so much for just this, this brief moment of forgiveness. God, amen. I pray that, that and I know that's weird, and I get that. We are different here at Iron City, but I could not go past any further without drawing some sort of attention to forgiveness because there has been 
unforgiveness in my life, and I've had to wrestle with that for a month now. Um, and it's it's daily. I, I, I forgive, and I but I could not I could not forget, and I felt so unworthy. And I felt so so. I felt like a failure because I just kept on going. I can't I can't forgive this person because I can't forget it. I can't get it out of my head. And somehow that was lacking in forgiveness. And that's not what God calls us to do. And so I wanted to, to bring that resolve to your life as it's brought to my life this past week. Thank you for just sharing that with me. This morning we are to forgive just as God forgave us because we are to be imitators of God. We see, see this in chapter 5, verses 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. See, this is an occasion where our English Bibles don't help us here because starting in chapter 5 is really a summary statement for all that Paul has been talking to us about, in these, this, especially in this past elders session uh, series. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a Continuation of chapter four. Remember, we always every time we see therefore, we always want to go back and ask what therefore is therefore, right? But Paul says in five one, therefore put all these things away. So what our elders have been going over these past few weeks, put all that away from your life and forgive, just as God forgave you, and be imitators of God. If you have seen my family especially my oldest son running around here uh, at church, there is no denying that Mason is my son. No denying whatsoever, especially those that have grown up with me. Tony, uh, Alan, uh, Tony Snyder, Robin, my goodness, Eddie. Y'all have known me for a long time. Um, exactly like me. I mean, where's, where's Robin at? Oh, there she is. And she's shaking her head. Yes, okay, awesome. There we go. Just uh, He is just as hyper as I was growing up. The only reason why I'm not hyper now is because I'm a little bit heavier than I was back then. <laughs> just as emotional as I was and still am, um, right? Mason and I wear our hearts on our sleeves, and there isn't a single person that we would not try and help or love that needs it, right? He is just like me in almost every way, and it's scary. It's really scary. I, like, I literally look at myself like a time machine in the mirror. It's weird. Right? It's scary. But he tries to do everything that I do from picking up heavy things, even though, Cody, you say I can't, I can't lift heavy things. Supposedly, my mom said that. I am strong. I am a strong big person, just letting you know, right? Um, but he tries to do everything I can from picking up heavy things, uh, uh, fixing things that are broken. And when he can't do what I can do sometimes, he gets upset. And says oftentimes that, that he wishes that he could be as strong as, I, as me or fix things as I fix them. And, and he wants so badly to be just like me in every way. And, to, and he imitates everything that I do from the bad jokes that I say to uh, burping as loud as I do, right? He wants, he wants to be just like me in every way, right? In the same way, we are to imitate our Heavenly Father, to imitate God as beloved children. How in the world can we do this? He is God and we are not, right? Because we are His beloved, beloved children, 
beloved children. If you have like a highlighter or a pen, underline that beloved. And I'll, I'll tell you why here in a second. Beloved, if we have experienced the rich love and mercy of God, then it should make this statement easy for us to do the same towards others. Beloved, we did not do anything to earn this love. But love because we have already been loved. You are dearly loved by God if you are his children. Before you asked for forgiveness, before you were reconciled, before all that, you were loved. But the problem that we must address is that some in here have never truly experienced the love and mercy of God. And, and what Paul is inviting you to do is impossible. We cannot give this same love and mercy to others if we have never experienced it for ourselves. We cannot imitate what we do not know. Right? We can try. But we cannot fully imitate God if we have never given our lives to Him in the first place. And so maybe this morning God is calling you to come and experience true love and mercy and then to imitate what God has given to others, to those around you. Let me invite you to see one of our elders following our service, right? See one of our elders this morning. Get that settled, right? Let us talk to you about what that looks like. Or you can fill out the tell me more card that's in the seat before you. Like, we'll get back with you this week, we promise. We want to just, just to love on you in that, right? We would love to celebrate that decision with you. That's, that, that is a guaranteed promise. We would love to celebrate that decision with you. But we are to imitate God as beloved children. There is something unique about the scripture uh, this is the only time in scriptures that it says to imitate God. There are places in scriptures that says to be like God, to be holy as God is holy, but to, to imitate God, to imitate God. This is the only place in scripture that comes out and says it, right? And, and that should scare you to think about because, because this is an impossible task. Until you, dive, you, until you dive in a little bit deeper. But we are to imitate God by following his example in Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 15 through 16 and then 19 through 20. It's, it's a beautiful passage that will help bring some clarity to what I'm saying this morning. So verse 15 says this. Um, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Verse 19, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. 20, and through him to be reconciled to himself all things, not some, not a little bit, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We imitate God by seeing his example in Jesus Christ. We imitate God by seeing his example in Jesus Christ because God was pleased to let his fullness dwell in Jesus Christ. That is how we imitate God. 
by following Christ's example. So this morning we are to forgive just as God forgave us because we are to be imitators of God. And lastly, this morning we are to walk in the way of love. Verse 2, and I'll kind of explain Christ's example here in just a second. Verse 2 says it this way. Uh, says this, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what does it mean to walk in the way of love, to follow Christ's example? Walking in love this morning is uh, to sacrificially give yourself to others. If we are to imitate God, and the way that we imitate God is by following the example of Jesus, and if Jesus walked in the way of love and he gave himself as a sacrifice and a fragrant offering to God, then to walk in the way of love is to imitate Jesus in sacrificially giving ourselves to others. That is love. That kind of love. Sacrificial love will cost you something. Sacrificial love will cost you something. This love is costly. But the Bible commands that we live out this type of sacrificial love each and every day if we are his children. We are his children because he loved us. Remember, we beloved. We are his beloved children because he loved you, because he forgave you, because you are following the example of Jesus and trying to imitate God. And because Jesus walked in this way, it should be present if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. We should love sacrificially, and it is costly. This love is going to hurt. This love is going to hurt sometimes. I have, I have poured out my love to so many, and sometimes the response uh, from the people that I have loved and, and shown love towards only gets slammed back in my face as if it was meaningless. And oftentimes I walk away from those relationships feeling like a failure, and it hurts, and it stings, and I, and I find myself in this depressive state to where I want to be a jerk to everyone, right? I want to be a jerk to everyone around me and, and never open myself up again. And then I look at what God did for me. That hurts too. I look at what God did for me and the countless times I have walked away from him and rejected his love. And yet the scriptures tell me that he still loves me and shows love towards me even though I don't deserve it. Right? I can't tell you how many times I've turned my back on God. And he still chose to forgive and love. I am a beloved child of God. The question that we must ask is, does this characteristic permeate like your relationships? The people that are around you, do they know that you love them? Do they have they ever experienced this sacrificial love that we're talking about towards them? We must look at our relationships with our spouse, our friends, and the people that that we come in contact with each and every day. Do you love them? Even when it's really hard to love them, not just let them borrow something, right? I am, uh, uh, 
if you are my friend, I took this out, but I'm going to go and say it anyways. If you are my friend in here, know that I call on you from time to time with things that I don't have and, and ask to borrow them. Uh, I would like to thank you. Uh, I really do believe in Scripture, how you're supposed to be open-handed to those in need. I'm just saying. <laughs> Even though I just said I'm not that way to others. But I, my friend's in here, right? I do the same thing. I do lend whatever I, that you don't have to others. I even uh, uh, tried to cut my pastor's grass one time, and he just wanted to borrow my lawnmower. I wanted to cut it because it was an old lawnmower, and I wanted to do it. Anyway, so just put that out there. I, but I do the same, right? It's not, but that's not what we're talking about. Sacrificial love is not what we're talking about. It's a, uh, not just letting someone borrow something. Do we give them our time when we don't have it? Uh, do we show love even when they are unlovable? Do we put other people's needs above our own? That's the only way that we will ever sacrificially love people. If we have been commanded to love sacrificially and yet do not do this, I believe one of our elders made mention of this. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 13.1 says it this way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Right? A lot of y'all are making some noise. I went old school pastor. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm making a lot of noise sometimes. Let me put my own, own, own self out, right? Sometimes I make a lot of noise because I don't love sacrificially. I just give my time up. Well, I, can, I can spend 15 minutes with somebody I really don't like. That's sacrificial, right? I'm making a loud noise. That's not sacrificial love. That's not love. More importantly, we see the perfect example of love by looking at Jesus. Jesus didn't just act in obedience, right? I don't. He acted in love. He truly and genuinely loved. There is a huge difference here. You cannot do something because you are, you can do something because you are told to do it, right? There's, there's one way to do it. Or you can, you can love others because your heart has been changed and transformed to where it says, I can't help but to love, right? Jesus responded to us in love in that way. And, and we must do the same. A better picture of this is 1 John uh, 4. Listen to what 1 John, uh, starting in verse 15, says. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as we... As he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Listen, church, we must, we must get this right. We must get this right. I, I had a conversation while in Boston with a man who said he was a, a gay practicing Catholic. He engaged, and that was his words, <clears throat> not mine. He engaged in a conversation with me on the streets of Boston about my views and stance on abortion. And um, I was surprised to know that, that uh, we both agreed on that, which was weird. But 
not so much on marriage, right? Um, and this is what I said to him. I, 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 kindly, I kindly said that it doesn't matter my views, but only what the Word of God says, right? We talked about Matthew 19 and how God, Jesus quoted the Old Testament about marriage all, all the while, never raising my voice or talking in some condescending way, right? When we got done, he actually thanked me. It was weird. So weird. He, he thanked me for, 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 for talking with him and, and said that he had never been treated so kindly by someone with a different view from him. What I took away from that conversation was not that he was a homosexual or that he was a Catholic or you know, practiced Catholicism, nothing. But the statement that, I, that, that, that he never felt loved by the very people that are called to walk in love, blew my mind. We must get this right. We must get this right. It, 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 it starts with experience, experiencing the love of God for yourself. Right? When you give your life to Him, and then it is taking that same love that was was and is shown to you each day by God to those around you and how you forgive as God forgave you and then walking in love so that others might see God in you to imitate God by following Jesus' example. Let me close, close with this excerpt from William Barclay, uh, what Paul says. Uh, this, this is what he says. What Paul says is imitate God. And if you wish to imitate God and to imitate the sacrifice which Jesus made, you can only do so by loving men with the same sacrificial love with which Jesus loved them and forgiving them in love as God has done. This morning, we are to forgive even when it's hard. But forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. We forgive just as God forgave us because we are to be imitators of God. And how we imitate God is by walking in the way of love, by following Jesus' example. Let's pray this morning. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon.